Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode 69. 69. Uh, you can, yeah. 69 of uh, episode episode 69 of FNI Rap Chat uh, with just myself, uh, Paul Butler-Lennox, today because uh, Paul Webster is uh, doing something else somewhere else, uh, probably working. Um, uh, so yeah, FNI News, uh, we have a couple of events coming up now in the near future, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Uh, some uh, interesting classes and seminars, we're trying to bring some really interesting people over. So keep an eye on the Facebook page as per usual, uh, Twitter, Instagram, all that type of stuff. And as per usual, if you'd like to throw us a few scaleros, head on over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash FNI. Um, and also, uh, we'd like to thank, as always, our sponsors, uh, Wildcard Distribution. Uh, for actively supporting uh, the independent film scene and uh, and sponsoring the podcast, is are very good and it's very much appreciated. Uh, so today, uh, today we have a uh, screenwriter, uh, TV uh, TV and screenwriter, uh, playwright, and uh, all round uh, very nice fella. Dugan, how are you? How's it going? Are you well? Pretty good, sweaty. Yeah, it's amazing when the fan goes off, <laughs> it just turns into some sort of you know underground fucking crazy S and M layer. <laughs> uh, it's 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 very it's very warm. Uh, what's the story? Uh, yeah, just been just working away, trying to uh, as they not melt away in me into my desk chair, but uh, do, doing a fair bit of writing here and there, and um, keeping busy in the summer, you know. Yeah, yeah, and 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 you're still at the writing, as people say to you, at a family. Still doing a bit of the writing. Yeah, I guess that's the odd time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, basically, I've kind of been uh, like, I guess it's kind of been my full time job now for has it gone on? I don't know, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen years. That's kind of scary. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, so yeah, still the writing. Yeah. Uh, what, you, what kind of where are you now? Are you are you uh, at the beginning of something or at the middle or at the end of a project? Um, well, I'm always kind of juggling a few different things. So um, I, I have I like so this, all of those things. Uh, yeah, quite a few <laughs> things. Um, but uh, I think that's that's something I try to do is try to have like a few a few things on the go at any one time. You know, because yeah. there's always there's always a spot where something goes a bit dry or like you know something like like the speed takes up on something else. You know. Um, yeah. I think uh, that's that's something I, I never try to have just like one project that I'm one project that I'm obsessively focused on the entire time because that's I think well, you can you can drive yourself a ma- bit mad that way you know Either yeah I suppose if the arse falls out of it it's like uh, your whole world falls apart so you have to yeah. have another couple yeah and just think I've kind of been juggling a few different things so like I mean I work a bit in theatre work a bit in TV work yeah. a bit in film. Um, so it's nice to be able to kind of jump between mediums or jump between you know different times of the year. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean, so far this year now, I've had I've had a play on, which was was one sort of sort of job of being you know sort of being around in rehearsals and stuff and following the show. Directing the as well as we're directing. As well? I didn't didn't direct that one, um, but uh, that was that was, that was it was uh, a show called uh, uh, Spotless. I'm trying to get my names correct now. With all these <laughs> Which one was that I wrote? Which one was that? <laughs> Spotless. That one was, um, and that was directed by uh, Eva Splain Hinks, who's okay. uh, who's the director. I've worked with a few times, and uh, yeah, we had a good nice tour of that earlier in the year, kind of in the springtime. Um, right. 
So, so I've kind of, what that ended, I think that ended sort of mid-March and then I've been back into kind of more TV uh, land uh, since then, kind of working on um, early stages on a TV series that I'm developing uh, for the last couple of months. Very good. Who, who's that with? Uh, it's with a company called 9 to 5 Productions, a producer named Laura McNicholas Laura mm-hmm. and we, um, we've uh, been sort of developing it now for the guts of maybe about a year, year and a half. And uh, earlier in the year, in the end of last year, we were we were doing a thing called Series Lab with it, which was about um, developing the thing from concepts up to a stage where you could pitch it, like to a sort so of pulling a, it apart, putting it back together, pulling it apart, touched. stripping it down to its bare essentials, adding some more bits in, all the sort of crack. <laughs> um, and uh, that was that 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 was a thing. I think I think it's a it's sort of a European um, course thing where they take uh, projects from across Europe and, and is that and Creative Europe or, or is it a um, it's run by uh, the Torino Film Lab okay. uh, they, they yeah. do one for like features as well and um, I think last year uh, when we applied for it it was the first time that it was supported by Screen Ireland oh. um, so it's kind of supported by a couple of different uh, national bodies you know does the um, the Swedish Film Fund as well sort of puts money into it in Belgium so there's like sort of a very very uh, yeah. sort of European wide kind of gang of people working on their projects together which was really really interesting to be doing you know um, so that, that that sort of gave us a, like a sort of just a couple of different viewpoints on it than if we were just developing it here in it's Ireland. Gr- it's you know? great to have a kind of I would imagine a different European perspectives as opposed to the old kind of the uh, the very Irish writers' room, if you know what I mean. Ah, Jesus, we couldn't do that. Yeah, we can't. Yeah. We could. That's not. That's not. Pl- that's not plausible. We can't pull that off. Well, that's the thing. Our, our project is like incredibly Irish, but that sort of seems to make it more marketable to Europe at the minute. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'd imagine of, uh, it's very sellable. Is there's, it? There's a couple of areas where we're like kind of going. Jesus, that, that they're getting getting funny funny responses from 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 people in Ireland, but then when you you suddenly start pitching it like sort of, sort of like France or Germany and places like that they're going to go. Oh, we like the sound of this. It's very Irish, you know. So it's kind of a, like a fun <laughs> a fun experience. Like we're, we're working with um, a French or script editor on it, and. Uh, We've had a great experience with him. He was he was one of the mentors on the actual course that we were doing, and he mm-hmm. had just a really good angle on the project. And uh, we asked him if he'd continue as our as our script editor when we when we got the funding from. Because he's Arnold so positive, he's like it's he's so beautiful. Super, Take it this way. Super French. <laughs> you can't. Uh, yeah, it's like every kind of uh, French stereotype you can think of. This guy Vincent fits that perfectly, oh, but he's got here. an absolutely brilliant mind on him, and uh, he he he, uh, he uh, he's great to work with. Like we, we're kind of. We went through different sessions with him, like over the course of the four months that we were doing right. the course. And initially, I was just going, ah, "Is this guy for real? Like, what is he like? He's picking the thing apart. Or he's, <laughs> I don't know where he's coming from." And then by the end of it, we were like, going, French, the "This guy's brilliant. Look, he's, he's like just the stuff that he provoked out of us and yeah. the things that like sort of ideas that he threw us and that we kind of ran with." was just very exciting um, yeah, so yeah. yeah really looking forward to continuing working with him now on it in the next couple of months you know it's amazing when you kind of open yourself up to that you know, you know like don't get me wrong I mean there's that obviously that very Irish angle and that kind of right what you know kind of thing but once you get into Europe and, and when obviously the co-productions now are so huge but do you find that you know being an Irish writer or being involved in Irish material is much more appealing overseas now, and generally speaking, in terms of trying to get that few quid. Well, I think we're, we're punching above our weight, kind of thing, you know. The stuff, the stuff that I'm kind of really focused on at the minute has been uh, sort of international TV. That's basically what we're looking at. And I mean, you wouldn't have really considered that up until like you know a couple of years ago. I think the whole idea of like streaming services has really <laughs> made everyone think more internationally. You know, like uh, I, I, I sort of started off working. 
uh, with stuff in RTE and it was all like, you know, get the meeting with RTE. Can we get in there? And like, are yeah. they going to like it? And and, that, and then if they don't, it's like, oh, well, that's it then, you know, for a while. And then yeah, it was do like, the whole thing for 25 grand. Jesus. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I think we've kind of seen that change now in the, that, that screen around their funding, like development for TV. TV I mean, as well, that's yeah. if that if like that's very much as a result of like stuff like Netflix and Amazon and all these places where we're. You, you, you know, you can make a show wherever you're from and, and it can have an international appeal and it can get mm-hmm. shown across the world, you know, on the same date, same day. Yeah, and they're boxing clever as well. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, don't have the, don't Netflix have a quota now depending on wherever territory they're in, they have to have a certain percentage of content. Yeah, from yeah and they've got like, obviously, just, there's, there's offices all over the, the the world with them and you know, everyone is like trying to get into Netflix. But there's like so many different services yeah. now that like there's, there's, there's like incredible... Uh, there's a incredible amount of avenues you can you can send something these days, you know, um, yeah. and I think that that's really exciting because like uh, like I think we, you know some of the stuff that we we've produced like say in the last twenty years in Ireland was like so focused on, you know, just pleasing like you know the certain amount of gatekeepers that you just kind of go it's mm-hmm. very very closed in, you know, certain so, demographics which yeah. don't always you know and there's a lot of stuff that like didn't get made because you kind of went well it's like you know can it be made within a budget in in the country or is it is it appealing to an audience specifically within the country and it's like well you can appeal to that and appeal to abroad as well this is often a a question we'd like to ask kind of screen Ireland uh, uh, you know uh, I suppose the hierarchy and and I'd imagine we'll have them in we've had some people that have worked previously and then have went on to other projects but to kind of go what projects were great that didn't get funded for reasons that were not suitable at that time and should how should people cope with that Mm. you know is a project dead because it's been rejected twice and I know personally from a couple of people that I know who have submitted to Screen Ireland once, twice and I know somebody who submitted the exact same project three times and I got selected the third time didn't change a fucking changed the date (laughs) on the top and then eventually got funded I mean well, it's different tastes, different people, you know, people like come in and out of jobs and, and they have a different angle on thing, you know, things. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you can have, that can happen quite a bit, like where you have a project that's like, you know, flatly knocked back and then, and then you know, there's a change in the, in the, uh, the, the, the people in the, there. And in you the give either. them a look again, you kind of go, oh, they might be into it, you know, so that's the thing. How do you deal with that when it gets, when you get knocked back if you've been working on something? Well, something again, I go back to this thing of having a few projects on the go. I think it's really the thing that keeps me sane, to be honest. Um, yeah. It's like, have a, you know, it's like you're not, you're not putting all your eggs in one basket, you know, and yeah. I've, I've kind of seen that a, a, a bit with people that I've worked with or, you know, for like friends and that, you know, where you're, you're, you're kind of can be so focused on a singular project and then, mm-hmm. um, you can have a knockback like that as you as you're bound to happen at mm-hmm. like you know many stages of the game, um, but uh, I think if if you're if you're also you know have a, have a little a little a little uh, personal uh, slate yourself and you can kind of go okay. That one's taking a dig. I'm feeling more enthusiastic about this one for a little while, and mm-hmm. then of course you can go back to the the first project. Like, like you know, when there's a different uh, sort of a different. Uh, situation Buzz, around yeah. you know yeah um that's that's, that's kind of the, the way i think um because like, yeah I, I know you've talked about it quite a bit on some of the other podcasts <laughs> in terms of like how people te- like you know deal with rejection or deal with like something like failing or something like that and kind of come i, I hope they don't ask me that when <laughs> <I'm going. laughs> i think it's i think it, i think it's as i say it's 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 it's, it's the idea of like ha- having a few different things you know that you can yeah. you feel like i mean Something that, like like building up a list of stuff that you're passionate about, I think, is really useful as a, as a creator. Like you know, where mm-hmm. it's like you kind of going, you, even if you know something that you might not work on for like you know five, ten years down the line, but you kind of go, oh, that there's an idea there that I like, mm-hmm. and and having having a little stockpile like that, I think, really helps you 
helps it to continue, I think, or to 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 you know keep keep keep. I suppose having like an arsenal to go kind of well, that's there for that. There's something to excavate there. Down Absolutely, the line. Yeah, yeah. Or you know, there's something there, and. You know, yeah. the lads who were not interested at that time. Well, that's it. I mean, I think you know. I mean, the rejection are kind of like you know finding. I mean, it's 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 so important to find the right collaborators as well. Like you know, so uh, sometimes uh, you, you know a project might be stalling, but like it's because you haven't met the right person yet who's going to work with you on it. You know, mm-hmm. um, so it it is a question of like you know not 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 getting dispirited over one project just because you've been knocked back you know once or twice or ten times. It's like if, if it's something <laughs> that you're mad about, like you know there, there's definitely something there maybe for to pursue, and it might be just finding the right connection or the right the right uh, the right avenue first. You know. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of particularly kind of young up and coming filmmakers they haven't quite found their I suppose for want of a better description their kind of tribe of people. Yeah. So it can get quite, dis- uh, you know, they can get quite discouraged because they ca- they're not all rising together at the same rate or, or, or so on or whatever. How important is it for you to kind of have, and do you have a team of kind of people that you work with regularly? Um, well, I think it's very important to have like a kind of, you know, group of people that you kind of want to work with, you know, again and again. Yeah. Um, it hasn't always been the case, but uh, I mean, that's like a sort of symptom of saying in terms of, Myself jumping through mediums, you know, working yeah. in theatre at some times of the year and maybe even some years focusing on theatre and not doing sort of something in film or something in TV. Right. So I have uh, I have a couple of different Mates. gangs or groups, you know, like, you know, so it's like the theatre people, the TV people, the film people, you know, and then obviously just crossover between a fair few of them in Ireland because like <laughs> it's a small enough industry and they're like even smaller subsets of different industries. But um, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's people I love working with, you know, I've, I've done a couple of short films in the last uh, year or two now working with uh, the same DOP, a guy called Bershie O'Foyner. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, great, and, uh, yeah, yeah. He, you know, he's always my first part of call when I'm going to, like, have, having a project that I'm hoping to shoot. Um, and then, you know, I've, I've been lucky with, I have a couple, of, a couple of different producers that I'm working with on different projects, but have very good relationships with Laura, as I mentioned, and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we're hoping to work on other stuff beyond the project we're currently working on. I don't know why I asked you about rejection, because you just, you know, you've about three or four things that are potentially going to be made in the next couple of years. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, I'm you, such you, a rat. You see different people like kind of going, what? They can do no wrong. What's going on? They're getting this and this and this. And going, yeah, well, there's probably about like five years of absolute struggling behind those. Yeah, those, yeah. Uh, I think so. I mean, I think, um, yeah, there's uh, four projects that are in development at the minute, but I think they're, 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 they're all like, you know, like two of them have been, been quite a long process already. Two of them are, are quite new. But um, each of them has like come from a lot of a lot of a lot of struggle and a lot of rejections, you know. Previously, you know, yeah, and, it's like no one just they didn't just hand it to me. I didn't walk in and you know, a suitcase not, full no, of money, no, kind of thing. No. Um, let's we are we often kind of kind of go back to the start. Um, what was it that inspired you to do what you do with your life? <laughs> well, um, well. I've always been. I think like I kind of boil it down sometimes to being like a storyteller. Like I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated with telling stories, you know. Okay. And and like I didn't really make uh, distinctions on how I tell those stories, you know. Early on, mm-hmm. um, you know, when I was in school, I was I was big into drawing and I was very much into comics. And for a while, I was thought, oh, I'd like to be a comic book artist, a comic book writer. Mm-hmm. Um, then I met a couple of comic book writers and comic book artists at the time as a, as a young <laughs> teenager. I was kind of going wow, there's really, like, no money in this and it's an incredibly difficult uh, thing I'm to make you... I'm one, one of those people is homeless. Yeah, yeah. It's, like a, it's, 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 not, it's, not, a, it's not a very uh, promising sort of, like, you know, career path, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's obviously brilliant artists working in there and there's some, like, amazing success, success stories, stories coming out of it. Yeah. 
But um, I was like, okay, right. So, and then I've always been obsessed with films as well, you know. So I've been, you know, total sort of film head since since I was a kid, I guess. And then like, uh, like very much so since I was a teenager. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, what's so your you just? I'll cut across you because I love asking people this. What's your earliest film memory? My earliest film memory. Probably Back to the Future, maybe. I remember seeing that in the cinema. That was quite a good one. I had a couple of, I worked out. Obviously, went to the cinema quite a bit when I was about, like, you know, 85. I saw yeah. Labyrinth. I saw, like, all these <laughs> was, was like, I was timeline. That, I was thinking that recently in terms of, like, you know, as a very, very young kid, I remember going to the cinema quite a bit. Yeah. And then, you know, sort of VHS kind of became super popular, like, you know, uh, and, like, was all... All these films I saw, like, you know, people's, you know, eight birthday parties, you know, <laughs> like you're going to go for about like five, six years. I just saw films at, on, on, on video. Yeah, yeah. And then I mean, back into the cinema when I was old enough to go to the cinema, you know, uh, like, you know, when you're sort of young teens, like kind of going to the cinema on your own. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Back to the Future, I think that's a pretty decent one. <laughs> that was what, 85? 85, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I seen my first film I ever saw was uh, the last Superman, the one with the shite fucking evil Superman. So at four, I think it was. Was it four? And you, and you still want to be working in film after that? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah. I digress. Um, so when was when did it become tangible for you, for you to be a writer? When did you go? I can, I, I, I think I can write. Yeah, or do you well, still feel as if there was always a little, like early on when I was in school, there was kind of a push and pull between like um, like art and English. Like they were my two best subjects, and I used to love to draw, and um, I, I was big into kind of illustration and I say comics. Yeah. Um, but then, uh, like, uh, without sort of noticing, I was kind of uh, also really gravitating towards writing then as well. I remember, yeah. like, kind of when I was about 14 or 15, actually starting to write scripts uh, when I was still in school. And um, they were, like, in the form of screenplays, I guess. Like screenplays, not, like, not plays, but screenplays. Yeah, screenplays. I think yeah. that's, like, it would have been around the time that, like, Tarantino was starting off and you could get, like, you know, the, the, the screenplay published of, like, Reservoir Dogs or Pulp Fiction. And yeah. you could suddenly became aware of, all oh, right, that's actually something that someone wrote down they didn't just like you know go off and film <laughs> each other like making it up as you went along so uh, I think before I even knew what like necessarily a screenplay was maybe just getting it from those sort of published Tarantino ones so you were um, very very much a studious you were like studying it like, yeah yeah I think so apart. well just kind of like uh, like uh, again it's like going back to this idea of being a storyteller it's kind of like what, what's the what's the avenue to tell the story like you know and um so quite early on, I moved from that sort of more like you know image-based kind of comic storytelling to to screenplays and kind of thinking in terms of like right, how do you write a film? Mm -hmm. um, and then very much so when I went went to college, I I, I, uh, I I I was interested in all the technical aspects of like filmmaking. Loved I loved like photography and I loved like you know editing. Mm -hmm. But um, I sort of gravitated more towards the writing end. And uh, in the class that I was in. Yeah, you could see different people starting to move into different areas. Everyone wanted to just have a go at a camera at the start, and then they were kind of going, "Ah, that person's a bit better than I am. Let, let them do the camera." Yeah. And same with the editing. And uh, my thing was definitely gravitating towards the writing. Um, I sort of wrote wrote, wrote uh, sort of an end of year end of year short, which which did really well at the, like sort of at, at various competitions and things. And um, I just yeah, but that's really started to appeal to me because um, <laughs> I've been very much interested in directing and that, and I still am. Like like that was kind of, but it was kind of like that. That was my way into maybe directing was to to write a script that I could direct. You know, and yeah, it's uh, all confidence building, and sometimes you have to go the long way around. You know, yeah, yeah. So different different kind of stages of that. So yeah, so it's like since since college, like it's been, it's always been writing and directing, and I've had a bit more kind of. Uh, sort of uh, success with the writing end of it but I'm starting to kind of you know go I remember you wanted to direct as well <laughs> so to yeah don't neglect don't take that one uh, kind of thing yeah yeah um so 
<laughs> I was going to talk to you about Betamax videotapes, but I'll leave that <laughs> for another time. Um, um, so what if you, I mean, you, you said you've been writing for like 14 or 15 years now, or yeah, at, at least professionally. Now. Yeah, yeah. Um, have you, what would you kind of say to yourself um, when you decided to, to go for it? What would you say, what kind of words of wisdom would you give yourself at that point? Which um, you, would you think which you think would help uh, yeah, your yeah. scenario now? Um, well, I think I think writing is a, is a is a good angle to work into the industry. Do you know, um, mm-hmm. I think uh, like I had a lot of friends who who came went to college and they went and, and started working as kind of runners in different production houses and stuff like that. And I was kind of going, "Yep, that that's 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 very good if you're if you're interested in like sort of crew and or the more kind of technical aspects." And I was going, "Yeah, I, I am interested in that, but I, I think I would rather." I'd rather try and try and uh, find a way into through the writing that, side. That that was kind of the uh, you know putting the the cart before the horse from your perspective. It's just it's just different personalities, yeah. you know. I think I, th- I think like uh, you know th- uh, like I, I as I always had that kind of storyteller buzz in me, you know. And it was it like <laughs> like I, like I, I have as interest in the kind of technical sides, and I say love loving taking photographs, all that sort of crack. But. Um, I, I but you can't have complete control until you have the. Yeah, the, 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 that's 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 the the underlying <laughs> bit of uh, thing. It's I've truly your story if you write it. I think it. that's well. There's, there's an element of that. Um, but uh, it just got really an enjoyment to it, and I started to, like. I mean, that was where the, the sort of interest in theatre came as well from okay. from around the college time because. Uh, I've been working like I was. I did like media production, which at the time was in uh, DIT in Rat Mines, which is like a small little camp. I don't know whether that still exists. I think it was rolled into a industry. Okay. But um, at the time in that building, there was there was like these media students that I was a part of, and then there was obviously the, the conservatory of uh, of music and drama. So mm-hmm. there was sort of actor training, tra- actors training and doing their bits and being very loud in the canteen. <laughs> and I was like kind of getting getting pally with them. And uh, using some of the actors from that, that, that class in in the shorts that I was doing in in, in my class, and uh, through that I, I kind of because I hadn't I hadn't been one of these kids who went to the theatre as a, a, like you know other than your old sort of you know Shakespeare at school sort of mm-hmm. uh, vibe, and uh, through through that group uh, I started to go to theatre more, kind of got more interested in plays, and eventually they uh, asked me to 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 write something for them for the fringe like way back and whenever the hell it was so I won't even say the year well, maybe I'll come into it in a minute <laughs> but um I but bet you I can guess about 2001 uh, that's two, right maybe? yeah yeah there you go I did my research didn't I um and uh, um, and basically like that's like I think that uh, so I I I'd never didn't even know the fringe existed like you know before I was in oh, it's it. incredible yeah, like, yeah. I, I had some experiences early on as well and yeah it, so like, brilliant it, it's kind of like this, that that was that was really interesting that like, kind of suddenly and also, like you know, something that I'd written having a you know a live response, you know, where you're kind of going, oh, people are coming to see this show and they're laughing at the bits, and some of them are crying at different bits, and like yeah, you yeah. get claps at the end, like okay, this is this is this is a new thing. That was with uh, Fishamble, was it? Uh, this is actually before Fishamble. Okay. So I did a show that was uh, it was called Manhattan Whispers, which was like, uh, and the interesting thing about it was that right. it, it was about a week after uh, September the 11th happened, um, which and our play was set in New York. Did you sell and out then? Yeah, we had so there was there was a couple of really interesting things that happened during the, 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 the rehearsal period. I think I think I think like September the 11th actually happened while we were like. In the towards r- the end of our rehearsal, oh, okay, and um, we had uh, like like uh, it was about sort of J one students in New York, um, which is you know based on autobiographical stuff from about a year or two before, 
that I, I had experienced. But we, we were using video projections in the in the production, and uh, a friend of mine had been over in New York in the summer before September the eleventh, and uh, had shot like stuff like the Twin Towers and the uh, Staten Island Ferry, and we were going to use them as as sort of backdrop, sort of uh, you know transitions between scenes. We'd mm-hmm. have like some some images of the city, <laughs> and. Uh, we we were we were debating about whether to because there was a whole thing at the time when that happened that like you know the twin towers what's were being inappro- taken out of movies and taken out of TV shows <laughs> and stuff like that. So we we had to we had to go through a little process in about a week after the after the the tragedy had happened and whether we were actually going to do some of the things that we we'd planned and and we, uh, we so that was a very very early sort of uh, point of like kind of oh, like what stuff you're doing like is going to have a reaction from people and is it going to be the right reaction or is it going to be like some sort of a strange reaction so, so you had kind of creative struggles yeah very uh, early on and even just kind of we, 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 we did I remember at some we did a kind of a, like a test sort of staging of it for, for some people involved in running the fringe and they were like kind of going yeah maybe just there's a line or two there that seems a bit insensitive now at, at like given the current situation and mm-hmm. And uh, so we did. We made some adjustments at the time, but then you know, we 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 like. I mean, we didn't have. We didn't. We didn't think there was a problem of having the imagery of just having the terrorists, because like it was like a love letter to New York. Of and, course, um, and if it was set previously, they'd be there. Yeah, and it took on a, a kind of a, a you know kind of a like a, a like a sort of. A, Never wonder reviews uh, calling it elegiac, which I had to look up at the time. You know, in terms of like, <laughs> you know, it was, it was just I was like, oh, is that a good thing Elegy. or a bad thing? Um, you know, in terms of. Um, uh, showing, showing, like, can I like can I jump ahead because you still write for theatre, obviously as well. Now, do you yeah. find it that it's you have to have another pass or another draft or another run at it sometimes based on just the political correctness of the environment of everything we do now, regardless of what opinion you have, left, right, or on anything else. Does do you, do you have to self censor more now with you know any sort of? Um, I don't a- know, any like, opinion that you have about anything anymore? Yeah, well, it's just like it's delicate, like you know, in different areas. Because look, I mean, the idea, like, like uh, self-censoring yourself is like probably not necessarily a good thing. I don't think in terms of like, in terms of the creative side of it, you know, because yeah. you're kind of going, that's that's kind of where you don't want to be. You want to be just expressing something that's very true and real. But then, um, obviously, there is then like you know, you have to you have to be able to stand over it as well in terms of like because I, I know that like you know elements maybe like criticised if 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 it is something that's like controversial or that's like a really like a, a challenging sort of thought you know um, mm. I think it's fine in the balance between the two you know it's kind yeah. of like having having a bit of judgment you know and uh, and also just you know not be like because. Like, I think a lot of the things I've worked on have had like elements of things that could upset like some people like you know and I think I think any piece of like sort of art or drama does that you know because if you're doing it well because it's supposed to stir up emotions and stir up thoughts you know what was it my, my you'll have to excuse me for this but a mate of mine said this to me recently I, I couldn't stop laughing he was like if if Sarah Kane was around now she'd kill herself <laughs> Um, no, have you self-censored that comment? <laughs> <laughs> no. That, no, that, no, 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 that'll probably come out in the edit. Um, <laughs> so uh, what's uh, um, what What have you coming up that you're comfortable telling us about? And not, you know, not tonight. Well, I was going to just run off that one in terms of like, uh, in terms of the censor and stuff is interesting because like, um, like one of the things that I went on to after I was kind of mainly working in theatre for a few years was, was working on the TV show Amber. Which, yes, uh, yeah. Which kind of um, a very like a great show, by the way. Yeah, cheers. Yeah. I think that that was that's kind of uh, 
currently probably the the biggest thing on my CV at the minute, you know. Yeah. But um, that 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 had like a like a, obviously a crazy response here here in Ireland, you know. Um, were you was that all yours, or were you co-writing? Um, no, I co-wrote it with with a guy called Rob Colley, and okay. uh, we we developed it together with Paul Dwan, who as well who, who yeah. has had you've had on the show. Um, yeah, Paul's lovely. And uh, yeah, that was. But in terms of like the, that was that was again a, a sort of a different step up in terms of controversy or in terms of just exposure of of, of my work to to audiences. You know, yeah. um, I mean that was I don't know. It's a couple of years ago now, so I don't know whether everyone's like totally familiar with it. But it was like a four part uh, mini series about a missing persons case. Yeah, is it on uh, the RT player? Um, they, a lot of the back catalogue went up, didn't it recently? I'm not actually 100 percent sure if okay. it's on. Like, it was actually on Netflix for a good while after after it aired, and so I think I'm not 100 percent sure if it's still on Netflix or Hulu or one of those. But it, it got okay. a good bit of international distribution. Yeah, so if, if you can definitely could, find it out there. Yeah, yeah. If, I, if I find it somewhere, I'll, I'll link it underneath the podcast. Yeah, so yeah, people yeah. Can watch I'd it. say yeah, it'd be interesting if it's on the RT one. Anyway, um, but uh, yeah, th- that was an interesting one because uh, it was, like I say, about a missing person case and. Um, had when it was aired here in Ireland, I had like a like a, a really controversial ending uh, in terms of like really sorry uh, like it was a really heavy response to the ending in that like you know we didn't solve the missing persons yeah. case at the end of it. Now I don't think it's kind of it's not it shouldn't really be a spoiler um, <laughs> it, 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 like at this stage, but um, I think we didn't we didn't necessarily see it as a spoiler either because that's the way we pitched it. We sort of said this is a drama about the uh, the effects of a missing person case on the people left behind, you know. Yeah. Um, and and it was it was very much kind of pitched that to RTE, and then that, that was the way they were like at sell sold. It's it like lads, you know what you're getting into. Yeah, yeah. Y- and you that, okay? You okayed this? That was kind of what was exciting about it, because like I think people were were kind of going. Well, I mean, that's like you know, looking at the statistics of missing persons cases in the country, you kind of realise that like so many people don't actually find out what happened to the person that went missing. It, like it really is. A, it's it's huge. It's a really common thing. Like you know, there's like people don't get closure. Um, what I think really, really amped up the controversy, though, I think when it was aired, it was like um, it, it kind of as it was airing, it was airing over consecutive nights, which I thought was really exciting at the time. And uh, but it also was 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 interesting in the way the, the, the hype build up about it because it was shown, I think, from a Sunday to a Wednesday. Right. It was like Sunday night first episode, like did really well for you and figures. People watched it; they were interested. Okay, next episode, next episode. But the, the second last episode aired on a Tuesday. Um, I was watching it live and kind of uh, seeing, like you, you know, looking looking at social media and seeing what the responses are. And as I'm watching the show air, the continuity announcer comes on over the credits and sort of goes, "Tune in tomorrow night and we'll find out what happened to Amber." And I was like, almost having a heart attack, going. We, what are they saying that for? That's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so there was there was a case of uh, that's that's probably the worst fucking yeah, scenario. So people were, went into the last episode uh, thinking it's all going to be resolved. Like, okay, right, tied we're going to we're going to find out what the, how the, the mystery is going to be. It's oh, going to be solved. For fuck's sake. And like we never designed the show to be a mystery that had an answer. You know, it was it was always more of a character story. Like I hate to break it to like people but they're like 18, 20 year old unsolved uh, of course, murder yeah, inquiries yeah, yeah. in this country. Yeah, you know, I, people come here on holiday and don't come home. Yeah, yeah. You know, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, it's, I mean, I think it's also like, because we had a very different response. It aired about a, about a couple of months later on, on BBC in the UK um, and had a very different response because it didn't, did. it didn't have the same... Um, it didn't have the same kind of uh, 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 pitch to it, so, you know, in terms of the way the way it was being sold on that channel and the way 
you know, it was discussed. I mean, at the time when it was on RTE, we had like sort of like uh, I thought it was it was it was it was very exciting for me as a writer to sort of have that much exposure in terms of like you know the work of doing. But uh, yeah. it was also interesting to kind of go, oh, there's people in, in writing newspaper articles here about like speculating about what could have happened and who mm. the suspects and have you watched that person closely enough in that episode? And you might they're actually analysing it. So we like had all this kind of um, buzz about it building up that was exciting, but at the same time was going to be un- unfulfilled, you know. And we were like kind of. <laughs> kind of like you know cringing uh, like you know waiting waiting for the backlash um but um, that was that was something really interesting and i remember like like uh, about a year or two after that or about a year afterwards like someone uh spoke to me at the end and i was like in, ter- in terms of like you know having having an interview for another project or something and they go well have you learned your lesson with that, with that show? someone said that to you someone said, and i was like what you mean learn me lesson you go well, well you're not going to end something that ambiguously again and i'm going to go well that was like you, you know that was the the deliberate choice we knew that was the response we didn't make the choice of saying here's the mystery that's not going to be solved but uh, at the same time it, we were delighted with that response because it, yeah, yeah, yeah. it made people kind of go like there was there was for every person that was going I'm going to put my shoe through the telly if they don't know who, who killed Amber with or the who greatest, she is. With the greatest respect as there well was a lot I mean, of people it, who like, were defending obviously it it's well. obviously it's a well made and well written show but people are still talking about it okay? yeah yeah because of the ending and that's not a negative thing it's like exactly just because yeah. you didn't want it so like nobody wanted you know yeah. the famous protagonist protagonist in any piece of work to die at the end yeah, or yeah, not yeah. die or go missing yeah just like missing. just have the actual it's just a decision like yeah it's just important to know that you guys you know it wasn't lost you weren't making it up as you as you're going along and you know no no i think i mean that that so like learned the lesson i mean the lesson learned to it was just to you know be careful of like what the how how your your project has been marketed or how it's been pitched you know and were, I, were I, the trailers or the promotional material for the bbc stuff were they slightly different to the irish stuff that went out well, there was a lot of stuff that um, that we had developed, like you know, early on. Like you know, I think uh, I mean this is like sort of old news now. But like when yeah. when when they pitched it uh, in the sort of like the the the, the um, sort of season brochure for RTE, it was exactly our blurb, and it was like as I described to you there, for like uh, like uh, like a. Uh, 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 what did I say? Like it was like a character study, like you know about the impacts of a missing person case on like four individuals left behind, you know, and like mm-hmm. like this show was structured like that. Like each like it didn't it didn't sort of end on cliffhangers. It was basically, it was um it was like following one particular character through the through their journey of the missing person, yeah. you know. So it was the mother in one episode, it was the father in another episode. It wasn't the kind of a like what's the next clue? What's the next clue? We didn't mm-hmm. structure that way. Um, but I think uh, when when it, when it got to to airing, then like I mean, I wasn't a producer on the show, so I didn't I didn't really have uh, a lot of control other than the scripts. Um, but like the, in terms of the way it was it was pitched at different stages, then it did become more of a mystery, and uh, that that's that's for for someone who's marketing a show like that, they kind of go, oh, people love that, people love a mystery, and I I love a mystery, and I love to write one. I like the actual one one of the projects I'm writing on now is. A so mystery if you like unsolved if you like unsolved mysteries, it's this, this show's probably for you. <laughs> uh, but it's like, like, like it must be satisfying now that people seem to be gravit, especially with the you know the the resurgent uh, the influx of. European shows that people can watch Danish you know all sorts of stuff from all over Europe now yeah surely it must be a little bit more gratifying to know that you're that type of show and we'll move away from that obviously because you do, you've done other stuff uh, subsequently but surely it must be satisfying to know that people are seeing more content from which are which are not wrapped up it's not the American model yeah you know not everybody gets a happy ending you no, know I mean there's a lot like, I mean like, I remember there's like um 
we're getting we're seeing all different types of models now. You know, or like yeah. in terms of like that's which is exciting. You know, were I you think. influenced by the Danish kind of thing, or was that was that a part of it, or the Scandinavian? Uh, I think there was thing. there was definitely a sort of a Scandinavian in, in, uh, influence in um, the way it was shot. You know, I think I think yeah. the killing had just was just airing at the same time we were shooting it. Um, so Tadius who directed it was definitely. Uh, Kind of a little bit influenced by that, and I loved the killing. So I, yeah. that was that was something I was really interested in. Um, I can't remember the details of it. But I think I mean we we I think we wrote it and it was produced it just before uh, Broadchurch, and when Broadchurch came, I think, but Broadchurch I think aired before Amber aired. And I remember watching watching Broadchurch, and I was kind of going, "Oh, they're doing a lot of the same things." That was frustrating, you know. Um, but they'd also probably taken the same influences. That was, like Broadchurch is very much kind of influenced by the killing and yeah. those type of sort of uh, you, you know communities shook by a by a crime sort of like uh, scenario, you know, shows, you know. Yeah, seaside town turned upside down, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, what else are you working on? Um, or do you want a break? <laughs> <laughs> Well, like after, after we're back, ladies and gentlemen. After these <laughs> messages, um, after uh, you can continue along the timeline or jump ahead if you like, or yeah. anything that's kind of exciting you. Or no, I was going to say like, um, like after after Amber had aired and it had all that sort of sort of hoopla around it, and it was like you know, part of it was like really exciting, part of it was like really like. Uh, a bit intimidating you know yeah. it's like how do you follow that or what do you do next and, and do you do something that's radically different or do you do something that's in the same kind of vein um, so there was a while after I, 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 that had happened that I was like kind of going, okay well I, I need to sort of work out what I'm really interested in yeah. in what I want to do so like I think it was Amber Aired maybe it was like and maybe you needed that maybe that comment about have you learned your lesson kind of thing to go you know what Fuck you. Yeah, well... I'll, I'll show you. I'll teach you you the long-term lesson in terms of what I want to achieve. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, like, that, that, that was, an, it was an interesting comment to, to be said, said to at the time because I was going, oh, that was a massive success. Like, you, you know, like, you know... Something like the a, numbers like, were great. A quarter of Ireland watched the show. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? You're what more go, do you want? Wow, biggest, the biggest audience I've ever, ever had. Um, and... Uh, yeah, so like like having that little moment afterwards and kind of going like, what what do I want to do next? And like the, the, I think like, like on the back of Amber now is when I got like a literary agent in the UK and like it's sort of like those 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 like uh, my career was kind of going up into into another another kind of level. Right. And I was kind of going, okay, well, do I want to sort of like write like kind of a procedural or like missing persons cases again or, and like one of the things that kind of. Um, uh, like what struck me about Amber was like how serious it was, you know, and that was something that I was kind of slightly clashing against when I was working on it. Yeah, because a lot of plays I've written like ha- had a lot of humour in it, and um, you know, like I like kind of uh, a lot of comedy shows and stuff like that. So I was kind of I was kind of going, okay, well, whatever I, d- I do, if it's a genre piece, like if it's if it's a procedural or if it's a crime element mm-hmm. or any of that, like I, I wanted to have a little bit of an edge of humour to it. Like it's not it's not like like a really sort of cold, hard hitting kind of a. Uh, sort of view of the world. Who's kind of going? Yep, yeah, I love all that sort of stuff, but I want to have a have a bit of a blend. Yeah, yeah. So, so I kind of like basically wrote a couple of pitches out, you know. And um, it's interesting. I mean, that that's going on probably about like four years ago, or maybe even five years ago, at a stage that I remember writing about four different sort of one page pitches, and uh, uh, like I've written I've written like a draft of each of those projects now, and two two of the projects I'm working on are from those original pitches, like okay. you know. Um, and the other two that haven't been sort of uh, uh, picked up yet are, are ones that I definitely want to revisit. You know, so it's kind of interesting. Kind of, that's what I'm saying in terms of like having these these things. Where you're going, what 
what really appeals to you, you know, and like mm-hmm. I think they're they're the projects that will have longevity for yourself and that will like stand up against, you know, rejections or stand up against like, you know, very slow parts of the process. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you've kind of sat down with yourself and kind of going like, what am I really excited by? Like, like and how how can I tell a story in this particular way? And like, um, mm-hmm. I think that that was like, I mean, that's something that, like, like it's been a couple of years, but I think it's kind of like it's, it's really is starting to pay off now this year, you know, in terms of um, the one, the crossing place, which is which is the one that I was doing in in, in Europe there recently. And um, that's that's really sort of starting to pick up steam and, and looks like it like it might happen now in the next year or two. Lovely. And then um, another one that kind of came out that same angle is, is a project called Costigan, which we uh we oh, did that was story the storyline thing, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, that, like, the, that 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 was a piece that um, I was originally pitching as a as a kind of a UK set, um, a UK set um, sort of crime drama around a female protagonist. And then um, RTE changed their kind of format for Storyland that, that, that year. And it's very bizarre, even like uh, just to concentrate on that for a second. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, the fact that even like even years ago, because I've done a couple of them as well as involved in some. Yeah. There was like it was like going out as RTE drama and in the opening titles and then you're like, OK, this is a drama. And then it just turns into this slapstick, like very condensed sitcom for like, you know, seven minutes. Yeah, there's a lot of humour. Like it's, it's kind of it's interesting in terms of like the way they've, they've shaped that. I mean, I think a lot of stuff has come out of Storyland. Yeah, maybe not necessarily in RTE. I mean, there has been stuff come out of it within yeah. RTE. Well, I think um, they've 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 acquired more individual talents to work under different guises, yeah. more so than developing individual projects. But just even a lot of things you see coming out, like in terms of like you know some features that are coming out now, and even some of the TV projects, and and certainly some of the sort of award-winning shorts. I'm always like looking at like their people's previous things, and you know, there's always like a, a storyland on there at some stage. You know, yeah. even if you're kind of going, oh well, someone got it, got it, got it, a, a bit of. Um, a bit of a step up from it. Um, I I had I was actually part of the very first storyland, um, which was jeez, I think it was like two t- ten years ago now. Two thousand nine, yeah, so was I. And we year. did a kind of a, a, a strange little thing called Happy Slapper. And but you that were never was, nobody was ever going to beat the Hardy Books that year. Let's no. be honest. <laughs> <laughs> the, this the proverbial comedy snowball going downhill. Yeah, and like I mean, Hardy Books obviously that's 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 done quite well since as well. It's been mm. it's been ongoing, but um, like basically. Amber wouldn't have happened without that that initial storyline. I mean, that was yeah. like like RT had no clue who I was or who Paul or Rob were, yeah. um, at that stage. And um, y- you know, this tiny little, basically tiny little. I think we, we like we shot shot things in a day and it was like a couple of grand. Like it was it was it was like be way below below even the level of like a sort of a, a like a funded short. You know, and yeah. uh, mm-hmm. it still kind of got our foot in the door and, and, and allowed us to sort of pitch to, to RT drama at the time. Um, so. Like a wonderful initiative. Don't get me wrong. It's just yeah. I, I don't think um, I don't think they really knew what it was. Yeah, and, and they, they they kind of like to keep adjusting it each each iteration. Yeah, it so is. I, I think it is now where it should be, where everybody gets that pilot and it's there for them to use. You know? Yeah, and it's it's basically like a like a like a decently funded short, really. Um, yeah. And that would like uh, my project Costigan kind of. Uh, for Storyland popped yes. up in that, in that the first year they did it where they sort of went they went from doing these like sort of three or six minute like shorts episodes that you would maybe do three or four of them up to saying nah we'll just give you the funding you go do like a 20 minute piece yeah go and, and do it and do it well and, and I, 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 I I had saw this this as the new the new criteria and I was kind of going 20 minutes okay that's interesting I mean that's like like it's one act of a TV show like a TV hour you know <laughs> you can squeeze a hell of a lot into the first 20 minutes of a TV show um, and I was kind of going alright that's interesting and then I was at that time I um 
I was getting really interested in trying to get back into directing, you know, because I'd done some directing in college, but I hadn't did done you it direct, professionally. You, you directed that, did you, as well? Yeah, yeah. So, so I was kind of going, right, well, they know me They know me in RTE from Amber um, as a writer, and I was kind of going, maybe they'll, they'll roll a dice on me to direct my own material if they like the script enough, you know? And I go, well, you can't have the script unless I let me direct it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that was kind of the, the way I went into the, 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 the uh, interview for that, and I was kind of going, because they had, had a very positive response to, to our 20-minute version of this mm-hmm. uh, sort of crime drama. Um, and, uh, yeah, that was a great experience. That was my first time um, directing something that had, like, a sort of a bit of a budget, that had a professional crew, like a great cast. And I had an absolute ball doing yeah. that for about four days. So that really gave me the directing bug again to kind of go, right, I'd love to, uh, really want to direct more, you know? Yeah. Um, and then... Uh, you know, we'd be like, but also it also really made me fall in love with the, with the characters of that piece. You know, and I was going just like, we didn't just write it to be, you know, a twenty minute short. We were going, no, this is the tip of the iceberg. This is the start of mm-hmm. a series. You know, this, yeah, um, you you very much saw that, like an arc after that. You knew it, it was going to yeah, go yeah. somewhere. Like, else. I mean, the twenty minutes was literally just the first twenty minutes of, a, of an hour long episode. Was it way. constructed in such a way where you tried to put a few more highlights in there, or was it very much a first? Or was that what would have been a first episode? Yeah, it's pretty, like I mean, like the storylines ones were twenty minutes long, and uh, I, I basically yeah took the highlights as you say from an hour's long episode. You yeah. know, I hadn't actually written an hour long script at that point, but I knew kind of what the what this your your age is and you're like, oh well, I need I might yeah. need to take a tea and whatever the, else and drop the key back points, in. like you know. And I was like, yeah, yeah we can squish the key points of that hour into twenty minutes, and and, and let's do that. Yeah. Um, but uh, the interest, I mean, in terms of going back, I mean, in terms of the length of the process, I mean, we shot that I think in sort of winter 2015 into 16 right and um, it kind of it aired and so like we're talking three years ago now and in, in, the, in the three years since the, we was doing a storyland I've constantly been kind of working on that in, in terms of developing it as a as a as a series and going back to some of the original ideas that I had before right. the storyland which was that it's something that's set in the UK that it's like it's got an Irish connection and uh, and um, you know it's a crime drama from very much from a, from a um, uh, a strong female protagonist sort of like lead on it you know it's like we've had all these shows that are uh, you know female detectives female cops and I was like well what happens if you if you take one of those sort of female cops and like completely strip away all the authority they've had disgrace them and like wh- what's that look like it's like kind of like you know the person at the start of a film noir who's had their whole life torn apart and they're <laughs> trying to claw their way back and we've seen loads of that in, in a kind of a male perspective I haven't actually seen that yeah. seen that very much from, from, from a female perspective um, so that's kind of the concept that I've always, I've always fallen on with it's like you know a disgraced cop has, who's like you know not able to get work you know obviously she's not able to get, go back to work in the in the police force and it's also there's living with living with sort of controversies and stuff that disgraced her and basically separate and how the world yeah and how, and how the world judges a, a, a female in that scenario yeah yeah I think there's, there's loads there's loads of really really strong interesting elements there and uh, so I've hung on to that now for as I say for the last sort of two or three years and um, since and, and continue to develop it and. Um, that that's since now. Hang on uh, to your good ideas. Oh, absolutely! Folks. Like you know, and, and also like stick with them, you know, because um, they, 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 you know, they're, they're they're few and far between sometimes. But then it's also like if you have one that you're really passionate about, you know, develop it to its fullest, you know, because you can yeah. also discard something that's good too early. But um, yeah, so that that's that's gathering a bit of momentum now. That's got sort of some development funding from from Screen Ireland to nice. develop out the scripts. We. Um, I pitched that in the, at the Berlinale last year, which was really interesting. That sort of has brought some international co-producers to it. 
Um, and uh, I'm about to start working on on writing some of the scripts for that now. Um, in the coming months, I'm really like, as I say, it's three years kind of like since we did the story and one. So the passion is really is really bubbling over, ready to start. You know, yeah, it's like <laughs> God. Um, um, how's uh, how are you with pitching? Um, do you like it, or do you, should you, are you very much a case of it's on the page, lads, just fucking read it? Uh, yeah, well, it's, it's interesting because like the the pitching thing, I've done I've done two sort of major pitches, like which yeah. is like kind of like sort of industry ones, like you know, in front of a big audience and kind of like very prepared. Um, and uh, both both of those experiences have been pretty good, you know, the, yeah. like in terms of it doesn't doesn't I think I think some of the theatre element comes in there now where I'm kind of used to going well you know hone your script rehearse it you, mm. you know like do, so do, you didn't do, get up and like do a dry everybody. run in front of someone you know what I mean like do, 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 do the sort of dress <laughs> so rehearsal you, so you did all that you, you know, yeah, yeah, so or you do that rather that's that's what I, that's that's the way it wor- worked best for me like it was yeah. it was to kind of write the pitch as, as as something that's deliverable but then also that's very specific and gets all the ideas across and then just put it inside you like you know what I mean like like really really yeah. It does make a difference, though, doesn't it? Being really comfortable and and and, and yeah, it's, I mean, some, some people are great off the cuff kind of thing. And yeah. I, w- I wouldn't. I mean, uh, I think I'm okay with that in sort of one to one. But if you put me on a stage in front of five hundred people and said, "Tell us your story," I, I probably would like shit myself. Like, do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, but yeah. if it's if it's <laughs> something that I've uh, that I that I've that I've kind of like developed and I'm, I'm, I'm like, the confidence really confident is there. Yeah, like, like, I know it's there. Yeah, yeah. And that was that. That so so both of those experiences are great. The one the Baron Nala for Costigan, and then earlier this year pitching. Uh, the crossing place in France at a, a, a festival called um, Series Mania, which is a similar setup, like where it was, yeah. it was you know kind of a full cinema auditorium, and you've got like seven minutes to kind of get the key points of your story across, and then sell them on the idea, the world of it, and uh, all the yeah, big TV shows go to uh, Series Mania. Like the Virtues was over there, for example. Yeah, we had Helen Bean on um, recently, and she was talking a little bit about about that. How wonderful that environment was to be in. Yeah, I'm great. I mean, look, Series Mania. I hadn't been to a, like a TV festival as such, mm. you know, and uh, um, like obviously been to a lot of film festivals. Um, but it was interesting to kind of have that where you have all the panel discussions, you have a lot of these pitching sessions, you have screenings, obviously, of like you know pilots and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it's yeah. I mean, there's such a buzz about TV, like you know, continuously yeah, building, like you know that, like you, like it's it. it um, yeah, it's not surprising that there, there there isn't more of them. And then also, the, the, they're they're a real um, they're a real marketplace. You know, you get to meet people that you wouldn't necessarily meet, like you know, or like a, like in a condensed time. You know, where you're doing these kind of speed dating interviews and stuff and all this sort of thing. And uh, you know, yeah, it's it's uh, like stuff does come out of them. You know, um, but it is beneficial. You like just for our listeners and particularly writers as well. And I know it's hard for writers because I know a lot of them, and I know how hard. Uh, how uncomfortable it can be for them socially sometimes as well. But uh, like, would you encourage them to be? And I know it's hard because naturally a lot of them are a little bit introverted. But <laughs> would you encourage them to get out there and attend these things and try not to be as but like push themselves beyond their comfort zones? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Cause I mean, it's not like, going. They're not going to read themselves. Are these these are scripts and ideas and treatments? No, no. And I mean, like it's like you know, I'm not a performer. I've never I've never really been been an actor or anything like that. Yeah. And um, I'd be I'd be fairly introverted as well, but like in terms of like I think if you if you if you if you crack the nut the nut of what you you need to say you know and 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 you're you, you're confident in what you need to say, you can turn it on like you know this is mm. seven minutes of your life just get up there and just <laughs> tell them how much you like your project you know that's the way yeah 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 uh, yeah um, this is great thank you for coming in 
Uh, we'll wrap it up there. Anything that people should be watching out for coming up that you want to plug? Um, Shorts well, or festivals or anything? Yeah, I've got like a basically like a, a short film that we just finished earlier in the year that we're about to start sending out into uh, the sort of festivals um, yeah. like in the second half of the year. Um, that's a, a short film called Shoebox, which... Um, it was one of the ones that was funded by Kildare Shortgrass oh, okay, uh, yeah. last year, and um, that's uh, it's, it's that's one I've just directed. I, I didn't write it; it was written by a writer called Carmel Callan, who's um, uh, a writer that I, I know through Fair City. She um, has like is you know one of the sort of um, I would say the most sort of regular writers on that, and uh, I was just really interested in working with her outside of the soap sort of area. I thought like yeah. I'm sure you could write some really interesting like short. <laughs> so she she put together this this piece um, shoebox and um, we brought together a really nice team. It's, it features uh, Charlie Bailey, who a lot of people would know from uh, Date from Mad Mary, ah, and yeah. uh, Hilda Fay is in it as well. And um, yeah, that was that was good fun. We shot it sort of summer last year, um, so that's hopefully going to be uh, having a sort of festival premiere now in the coming months. That's the next thing I have in the bag. Everything else is sort of very much in development. So yeah, it's like. Oh. You might not hear me from me again for like two years, yeah. and then suddenly it's like, oh, there's stuff on. <laughs> uh, but you're clearly enjoying it still, do you? Oh, absolutely, yeah, I love it. I mean, at this stage in the career, it's like that's I haven't got a backup plan. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, like, keep oh. going. <laughs> uh, and any quick tips for anybody who's panicking at the moment in terms of their own career and things are not happening for them? Um, well, I think I, like I had a fairly rough year of it last year, where there was like a lot of stuff wasn't wasn't happening or wasn't like really uh, clicking and. Um, yeah, this, this stamina was, was like it was just like I just basically was saying, just keep on writing, yeah. you know, keep on working on the material that you have. And like, do you practice kind of any mi- <coughs> excuse me mindfulness or anything like that, or mantras or positive pros and cons lists or whatever it is, you know, whatever works for different people. Kind of yeah, thing. yeah. No, I mean, I, I think the sort of the, the mantra that I had last year was just keep on writing stuff. Don't be getting dissuaded, you know. So, so like I basically did like sort of spec work for like like about a about. I don't know, a couple of months like where I was going, there's very little money coming in. I can I can sit here and be worried about, you know, paying mm-hmm. the bills, which I will be doing anyway, but then or and not do work or I could just actually stay positive and keep writing. And um all that that sort of material that I was working on, like without a sort of a clear kind of deadline one was uh, stuff that's now been paying off this year. Like so, I think yeah, it's just like not to have not to lose faith in yourself. Like you know, keep mm. keep keep playing there, because it is like I mean, being being a freelance artist, writer, like you know, director, whatever. It's like it's such a roller coaster. You'll have your ups, you'll have your downs, and uh, just to be you know not to be too brutal on yourself when you're having a down period, and then not to be too cocky with yourself when you're having an up period, because both can be equally damaging and <laughs> stop you doing stuff. You know, snakes and ladders. It really is, yeah. Yeah. Uh, thanks a million for coming in. Yeah, uh, cheers, Bob. Nice, uh, nice chat.